That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Out in the corridor, Frank suddenly became aware that the hand gripping his walking stick was slippery with sweat. The man with the cold voice had killed a woman. He was talking about it without any kind of remorse, with amusement. He was dangerous, a madman. And he was planning more murders. This boy, Harry Potter, whoever he was, was in danger. Frank knew what he must do. Now, if ever, was the time to go to the police. He would creep out of the house and head straight for the telephone box in the village. But the cold voice was speaking again, and Frank remained where he was, frozen to the spot, listening with all his might. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and examine the ways that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 1. The Riddle House. The Goblet of Fire starts not with Harry, but with Frank Bryce, gardener of the Riddle House in Little Hangleton. Fifty years ago, the rich and snobby Riddle family was found dead in their home, and everyone figured that Frank had done it. After all, he was an introvert with PTSD and a limp. What a villain! But when the autopsies came back, his name was cleared. The three family members were evidently not even murdered. In fact, there was nothing wrong with them at all when they died except for expressions of supreme terror on their faces. Fast forward 50 years, and Frank is super old now. No one has ever really forgiven him for being an introvert with PTSD, who was geographically near a mass murder. So he's used to kids fucking up his garden and even breaking into the riddle house. One night, his stiff leg wakes him up and he sees a flickering light on in an upstairs window of the manor. Real horror story shit, yeah? So he goes in and he goes upstairs, listening in on the two men who are chatting inside. What are they chatting about, you ask? Murder! Murders they committed, murders they aspire to commit, Frank's just getting ready to go to the police when a giant snake slides past him and into the room. The snake presumably tattles on Frank for eavesdropping, so the men invite him into the room. What Frank sees inside that room absolutely shocks him, but it doesn't matter. There's a flash of green light, and our dear Frank is dead. Across the country, Harry Potter wakes with a start from a very alarming dream. Welcome to the Restricted Section, where we will break into your house and start a fire. I am joined today by my most esteemed colleague, co-worker, and dare I say co-conspirator, Haley. Hey, how's it going? Good. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. Have you missed them? I have missed them. Have you missed me, listener? Have you missed me? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> they're here oh god (laughs) um as you can hear i'm sure our special guest today is friend of the pod mots say hello to the listeners mots hello to listeners mots You can catch Mots if you haven't already or revisit. Um, He was on our other episodes of the pod, The Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 9, Part 2, Grim Defeat. And you also, Mots, came on to talk about Puffs, which was our special summer bonus episode this past summer. I did. That episode was so much fun. I I have listened to it by far more than any other episode. (laughs) Aw. It's so wholesome. 
It's very wholesome. Um, I do recommend it. I listened to it for the first time the other day because I hate my voice and listening to myself talk is a nightmare. Welcome to podcasting. We all feel that way. (laughs) I was going to say all the listeners are going to be like, what? I came here specifically to listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never do that. So... That is one of those weird human things where it's just like, that can't be me. That's it's not right at all. Yeah. Every time I listen to a podcast and one of the hosts talks about like loving hearing themselves talk, I'm like, fucking hell, I wish I could relate to that. <laughs> I love to hear myself talk when I'm like not being obnoxious. So yeah, like not right. a lot. <laughs> I always love hearing you guys talk, so Oh, I just finished re-listening to the podcast last night, and I promptly started re-listening. So, I one of the last things that entered my ear holes before this recording was Andrew singing the entire Sorting Hat song. Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you see. Oh my god! (laughs) That is one of my most, like, beloved memories oh, from God. this podcast. That was, that was, like, right before COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, That it was, was the, the last last episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He is never happier than when he is either singing or telling you about his elaborate plans for, like, hypothetical future situations. <laughs> I could not relate more. So, gang, we're here at the beginning of Goblet of Fire. We're standing Ooh. on the precipice. Ooh. I know, like, are you even ready? Because this book is a lot. I know. I'm extremely ready. We're going to get through it together as friends. <laughs> We're going to get through it together. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Um, It's fine. It's fine. Probably no one will die. Um, One person so, might die. So up to one person. Well, up to two people. Oh, for mm-hmm. fuck's sake. Hashtag don't forget. Wait, hashtag never forget Bertha Jorkins. <laughs> True. Oh, wait, three. Frank. Sorry. Frank. So- oh, spoilers. Spoilers Frank. for this chapter. <laughs> How could I forget that Frank dies at the end of this very chapter? Okay, so three. Um, before we get started, I would love to just get a little bit um, from y'all about your experience with this book specifically. Mots, if I remember correctly, um, you read the book series originally like really out of order. Is I did. Right? What? So when did you read Goblet of Fire in that order? I have no idea when I first listened to it, but I've read it. I believe it was the third book that I read. Okay. Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hallows, right? Okay. Goblet of Fire, <laughs> okay. Half Blood Prince, and then three, two, one. So, <laughs> okay, all right. In uh, short, the order of longest book to shortest. So, I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> you know the way you're supposed to read books. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Haley. Do you remember reading this for the first time? Not specifically, I don't think. I think that, you know, when my mom started uh, reading the books to me, because that was how I experienced uh, the Harry Potter books for the first time, was my mom read them out loud to me. Um, And then it became like a tradition. Every time a new book would come out, she would, like, we would sit on the couch and have popcorn and she would read through the whole thing. And I would usually rub her feet. um, And it was just a really beautiful experience. But when we first started it, I think the first three books were already out. Like, I think three had just come out. 
I really think that they were for a while there promoting them as a trilogy. And I think that's when literally our entire friend group pretty much like picked them up was when that trilogy was being promoted. Right. So like the fourth one is the one that I kind of remember like going to buy for the first time. And I don't know, I remember a lot of like specifics from number four, just specific Mm -hmm. scenes. Uh, I remember... I remember my mom and I finally figuring out uh, that Hermione's name was not Hermione. Yes. <laughs> J.K. Voldemort had to write a scene explaining how to pronounce one of the main character's names. It's so good. It's so good. You know, we didn't it have the- very if, helpful. If the internet wasn't- it didn't work like that yet. We didn't know, okay? <laughs> also, I mean- Victor Crumb really likes Hermione and he can't pronounce her name either. So like, I guess it doesn't really matter. She's pretty good natured about it. True. What about you, Christina? What was your first experience? Um, I have like flashes of reading this for the first time. Um, I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast before that I learned a lot of words from reading this book. And, and this is like the first one, I think, that was using vocabulary that was just like slightly beyond me. Mm-hmm. I certainly had never read a book this long before. It was like, I think this was actually like a really helpful step up for me in terms of like my reading level. It helped me feel like I could read bigger books with words that maybe I didn't know in it. I would agree with that. Yeah, I love it. I do love this book. It's like so layered and beautiful. And every time I I revisit it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot because the movie had to leave out so much of this in a way that it didn't have to the first three. Yeah. So here we are at the beginning. Like, I'm almost afraid to get started. (laughs) Like, do you have a point that you want to start with? Or like, do do you want, like, do you want me to facilitate? The first bullet point of my notes says, oh my God, it's the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where we are. That is a way better point than my first point, which is the (laughs) lack of Oxford commas in this chapter fucking pisses me off. Yeah, I did clock that as well. (laughs) So this chapter starts in the Riddle house in Little Hangleton, right? It used to be like a nice manor, but it's like dilapidated now. And like Harry Potter's nowhere to be seen in this chapter until the very end. Like he's just like, this is like a different book right now. And they give us the old legend that 50 years ago, the Riddle family's maid found the whole family like mysteriously dead in the drawing room. Gasp. What is a drawing room? Why is it called that? Is it for drawing? Um, I think I uh, just gonna pop out my encyclopedia bullshit here. Um, Ravenclaw. I, drawing comes from withdrawing. So it was like, uh, like you had your parlor. Mm, yeah. Like if you lived in a manor house, you had like your parlor for like formal after dinner, like sitting down having yes. brandy and coffee. And then you had the withdrawing room, which was like, there's couches and the fire and you write letters there and you might have books. It's like the casual living room versus the formal living room. So that's what I the drawing you. room is. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you so much, Haley. You're I'm not welcome. surprised you know that. Hey. <laughs> so the, the family, this Riddle family was very snobby and everyone hate, hates them. But but it's like the mystery of this murder is like why everyone is so obsessed with it. Like they they were rich and shitty and then they died mysteriously. Um, so like on the night when they died, every the whole village is hanging out in the hanged man bar pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> any other any other name kind of. I mean, we do 
we are currently in a world in which the main school is called Hogwarts, which, you know, is k- kind of just the grossest fucking thing ever. So. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds funny. <laughs> well... I mean, Not when like, you realize it, what it is. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but, like, have you ever been to the UK? Like, every other pub is called, like, the the Crown and Rose or, like, the Rose or the Lion or something. So, like, oh, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta differentiate yourself somehow, man. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sometimes it's with a hanged guy. I don't know. Yeah, what, just what do we have? What, we're England. What do we even have? Um, hangings. The only thing that's ever happened in this town. <laughs> so everyone's hanging out at the hanged man um talking about like what even happened and the riddle family's cook comes in to say that frank bryce the gardener has been arrested um they are like debating about him is he nice is he rude he really definitely is just an introvert with ptsd (laughs) yes Haley. there's uh like something i noticed reading this chapter that i would like to get uh your opinions on I get Hobbit vibes from this chapter, like the style of the writing, the way it's written. Oh, yeah. Or like the first chapter of Lord of the Rings where they're talking about like the plans for Bilbo's birthday party and like it's all ramping up. Like this is kind of that same tone of like you're in an outside perspective looking in on a sliver of this bigger adventure. Right. But like from the perspectives of just like the neighbors, just like the, the boring... Uh, nosy feel, yeah boring nosy neighbors yeah i didn't think about that but yeah the cook has big labelia energy <laughs> yeah she does she does have big labelia energy <laughs> oh man like if they called this pub the green dragon i would be like are we in the shire it, are we gen- yeah. these people sound like hobbits they talk wow. like hobbits what a better oh, name that's for great. a that's pub great <laughs> So the facts are thus, Frank is the only person who had a key to the house and there was no sign of forced entry. So like in the end, the villagers, the gossipers, they like kind of create this narrative that he like acts weird. So he's like probably guilty because that's how small villages be. Small towns do be that way. Yep. Yeah. So at this time, like while this is going on, Frank is at the police station defending himself. Um, he like claimed that he saw a kid wandering around the property that night, but no one believes him. And like, frankly, it's not a very convincing fact. You know, it's like, what, just a kid? You just saw a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But I live in a small town and like, it was a weird kid I've never seen before. So like this, that's what I've got for you. Yeah. Can you like, at least please look into it, please, please, before you, yeah. you know, sentence an inside man to jail or death. Right. The hanged man. <laughs> I was about to say, the hangman pr- probably, like, serves as a bar as well as, like, execution plan. Oh, my God. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but if the guy in question is, like, weird and quiet, like, that's... Yeah. yeah he's yep. clearly guilty, obviously. I'd be so yep. fucked in, like, 1920s Britain. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that really saves Frank in the end is the fact that, like, the autopsy comes back with nothing... It's like, you're completely fine, but you are dead for sure. Um, (laughs) But like, besides that, you're fine. I do love this line uh, where like, uh, after they're, you know, they appear to be completely healthy despite being dead. Um, The doctors did note, parentheses, as though determined to find something wrong with the bodies that each of the riddles had a look of terror upon his or her face. Yeah. 
Weird. I, I do like that parenthetical. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of that. Um, Frank. So Frank, get he gets let go. He he's they let him go. <laughs> Stupid ass sentence. Um, he's free. He goes free. He didn't. He there's no evidence that he did anything, including any evidence of literal murder other than dead bodies. Um, so Frank just like stays there um, and the house gets passed from owner to owner, but like no one wanted to live there, which I get it. It seems scary. It became all dilapidated and Frank just keeps living there. I had like a thought, just like a missed opportunity thought with uh, when they're talking about like the people who lived there because like neither family stayed long. Perhaps it was partly because of Frank that each new owner said there was a nasty feeling about the place uh, and like... Were any of the Horcruxes hidden in the old Riddle House? Because no, that's right, good it, though. It would have been. It would have worked really well. That would have been a really oh, good Easter yeah. egg. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe every time you walk into a building and get a weird feeling, it's because there's a Horcrux hidden there. Yeah. Or asbestos. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of love the idea that, like the like weird, creepy, like horrible feeling it comes from the fact that there is a horcrux there yeah would have been good i mean and he had a lot to hide yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like i one of the ones that dumbledore found like was the, maybe the ring was i don't remember i don't remember the ring exactly was in where the gaunt's gaunt, house yeah. right this would have been better this would have been better. Yeah, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. And it's honestly, fine. like he, if he, if he hit it in this house, it has like a built-in guard dog because Frank still is around protecting mm-hmm. the place. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Um. So then it like cuts to present day, and Frank is old. It says he's very deaf, but then he like eavesdrops the whole conversation. Yeah, so like I he's did not very that. deaf. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he could be like slightly hard of hearing, but he's definitely not very no, deaf. No, no, no. Unless he has, oh my god, you know how in The Hobbit, one of the hobbits has like a listening horn? <laughs> An ear trumpet, that's what they're called. It's just never mentioned, but he is carrying it through this whole thing. It's <laughs> not that, so that, like, doesn't one of the, port- the like, headmaster portraits in Dumbledore's office have one of those as well? Oh, oh my god, yeah. that is such a... M- small detail i cannot believe that you remember that which, but of course Haley remembers it no also. which movie is it i remember what you're talking about but like which movie is that i don't even know if it's a movie it's i i, I, think I, I remember one of the books I, from the order well, of i remember Phoenix. it visually it might also be in the book but i feel like i remember seeing it that's a kind of tiny cute thing that someone would pull for the movie you know yeah. since mm-hmm. we're animating a bunch of old dudes anyway <laughs> yeah, throw an ear well. horn in there it's magical that's where they got the technology to start developing the extendable ears in the next book. There you go. Frank just lives on the property, gar- kind of gardening. <laughs> Probably just mostly grumping around with his cane. <laughs> Honestly, goals. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I really, this would be your life. Yes, it would. I want this job. <laughs> just like stumbling around in your bog. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I can't get that. a bog, I want to be a reclusive gardener. <laughs> Either's fine. There's mention of, uh, it's currently, there's a wealthy new owner uh, who continues to pay Frank to do the gardening. And uh, as far as anyone knows, he keeps the property for tax reasons. Do we think that's Dumbledore? Do we think Dumbledore bought Tom Riddle's dad's house? That would have been really amazing if there was a horcrux hidden inside. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore's horcrux. 
But like, doesn't uh, doesn't he? You know, a wealthy, mysterious owner who keeps it for quote unquote tax reasons. Doesn't that sound like the kind of bullshit lie that wizards would come up with? Like, we're not even really trying, but you're not going to question it. Yeah, and like, I don't really know a lot about muggles, but I know they for sure do taxes. Those sound terrible. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and and also like at the end of this book, Dumbledore does have a paper from Little Little Hangleton. Like, he pays attention to what hmm. was going on in the area. I think I think Dumbledore owns the house. Interesting. I, I, I like, like that. that interpretation. I just thought it was someone who was trying to like claim residency in like a certain uh what are they called? What are what is Britain uh like divided into? Is it territories? Is it counties? I, counties seems like a British thing. I, I I know that counties are a thing in Ireland. Principalities? No, it's not principalities. Principalities Kingdoms. are ru- principalities are ruled by princes. Um no, I think it might be. I think it might be counties. Okay. I forget how, I forget what the whole rest of the sentence was until I got confused about the word <laughs> counties. Um, let's move on. Move. So, um, Frank, yeah, he the, the village is shitty about the house. They, like, harass Frank, and they fuck up his gardening, and they break into the house, and they light things on fire. You love something? Set it on fire. And so when he wakes up in the middle of the night one night and he like sees that there's lights on in the riddle house, he is he just assumes that it's like more asshole muggle kids playing pranks. He's a worthy opponent for a bunch of teenagers playing pranks. Yeah. Damn kids. <sighs> if only if only if actually it actually was the damn kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Voldemort. Spoiler. I know. Spoilers all the time. It's Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It is fucking it do be Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> it do be Voldemort. <laughs> I feel like that's um, the case for like most like Harry just like I think my like my scar is hurting. I think something's going on. Most of the time, it do indeed be Voldemort. I I feel like that's most of like books four and five particularly. Yeah, where yeah. like what's going on? It do be Voldemort. <laughs> It do be Voldemort because at the end of book five, it becomes public knowledge that he's out there. So he has to become like more subtle. <laughs> the, the Daily Prophet headline the next day after they finally admit it. It do be Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's um, they fired Rita Skeeter and had to get the writing stuff. And they were like, this is the best. This is the best headline I could come up with. Oh my god. <laughs> it gets the point across. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he thinks it's teenagers lighting fires like yeah, they do, and it's it not. Li- <laughs> it's not. It, it is not. Frank says fuck the police um, since he's still mad that they interrogated him one time 50 years ago <laughs> for a crime that it, it did kind of look like he might have committed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to call the police. I'm going to like go kick these kids out myself. (laughs) He lets himself into the house and then he sneaks up the stairs. (laughs) Baby, please stop. Go back, please. (laughs) There is a line. You know how sometimes you'll read something and a line from it will just like stick with you. Just like Mm -hmm. like get in your head Uh, where he's going up the stairs and uh, it says he's he's blessing the dust. Yeah. That's uh, muffling his footsteps. I don't know why that line has always stuck with me, but Aww. I I don't know. It's just been in my head since I was like nine. It's been in my head since like yesterday when I started reading this chapter to prepare. <laughs> but yes, that is literally something that I clocked as well, but only on this reading. It's just an it's just a interesting line. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Which is a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> 
But I do, a lot of the time, reading through Harry Potter, come across lines where it's just like, I recognize you specifically. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. this sentence, for sure. Like, I know this one. Yep. (laughs) Um, I've been here before. The opposite of the Gandalf meme. (laughs) (laughs) I have a memory of this place. (laughs) I have a memory of this place. I have up to 15 memories of this place. So, in the room, two men are speaking. One of them has like a normal voice and then the other one has like a scary, evil, maybe sounding voice. (laughs) A cold, high pitched voice, which like I have a really hard time envisioning until I saw Puffs (laughs) because the Voldemort in Puffs has like a voice like him from Powerpuff Girls. Whereas like the Voldemort in the movies, I think because they need you to take him seriously, like doesn't really have that kind of voice. Because the guy in Puffs was doing, like, a honestly better impression of, uh, what, Rafe, Rafe, Rafe Fiennes? Yeah, Rafe Fiennes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I think that Rafe Fiennes did a good job, but, like, the dude in Puffs, even though he was hamming it up, that's kind of what I was envisioning. Because it's not so much high-pitched as it's just really thin and breathy. Yeah. Yeah, like like, like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> like he's like he's fucked up his vocal cords in yeah. doing it like weird magical experiments on himself or something. It's the kind of thing where it's Which like tracks. in the right context, it's funny to hear like that kind of voice, but if you were like in genuine danger and you heard that voice, it would be like incredibly chilling. Yeah. Voldemort is like the most dramatic wizard. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in a society that is, as we've established many a time, all about the drama. Hell the yes, I was dramatic. really, I was so badly hoping we'd get to. Oh, Mott, I would never let you down. Of course I was going to do it. Oh, hell yes. Voldemort is, like, way more dramatic than even Dumbledore. <laughs> like, when we get to the end of this book, he is like, "I'm excuse me while I monologue for four straight chapters. <laughs> Yeah. And then he does it. Yeah. He has a captive audience. He has a literal captive audience. <laughs> it's a 14-year-old boy, but you know. You sly dog. You copy monologue. <laughs> um, okay. These two people, these two dudes are talking about some things that Frank like doesn't really understand. He is like, my ear must be full of earwax because what the fuck is Quidditch? So he's like listening to this stuff without any context. They're like planning something. They're going to wait until after the Quidditch Cup. They need to do something that requires this dude, Harry Potter, whoever the fuck that guy is. Um, Lots of murder talk. There's lots of murder talk for sure. Like undeniable murder talk. Just casual murder talk, you know, like you do with your bros. (laughs) From the fireplace. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, sometimes we do talk a lot of murder, but that's usually specifically when we're playing uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Or like a video game, just like yeah. murder, murder. Now I'm, now I'm just picturing Fulmore and the Death Eaters playing <laughs> Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> oh, that would be a very dark version of that game. An extremely <laughs> fucked up and dark version of that game. I'm trying to even remember like none of the Death Eaters are even remotely sexy except for Bellatrix Lestrange and Daddy Daddy Malfoy Malfoy. Malfoy, hell yeah my honey um so in this moment Frank is like I I'm sorry that I said fuck the police I think I actually would like some police at this time (laughs) because there's a lot of murder talk um Um, why doesn't he just call them with his cell phone (laughs) 
Frank would never. He doesn't. They don't exist yet. It is. It is the nineties. True, but also Frank would never. Also, Frank would never. Also, he doesn't own a phone. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, yeah, don't I think call it's spe- specified in this chapter that he does not, in fact, own a phone. Yep. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't even have a landline, which I respect. <laughs> no, you have to be able to call for help. <laughs> nope, nope. He's a strong, independent, elderly man, and he don't need no assistance from anybody ever for any reason. <laughs> Despite the fact Damn that he's it. apparently very deaf. Honestly, you know what Frank needs? Does he have a cat? Does it mention that? Frank needs a pet. He needs like an emotional support oh, pet. Yeah. But one that doesn't need him very much. But like a fat little cat would love like plomping around the garden with him and then just like chilling out at night. Like, I don't really need to snuggle you, but like I'm here if you need to talk. Yeah. You know? But then but then the cat would be alone after this. Cat figure it out. They, they, they would have gotten out. And just like lived in the garden eating bugs forever. What a joyful life for a little fat rompy garden cat you're you're very emotionally attached to this hypothetical cat already (laughs) imagine the adorable way in which frank bryce would love a cat that respected boundaries (laughs) you know you know what cat frank bryce should have and would love penny your cat penny (laughs) yeah exactly just like eat this little bug roll around in this little plant i thought you were about to say buster for jones from cats Okay, where the fuck were we? Okay, They're talking, um, we're talking murder. Everyone's talking murder. Um, murder. And uh, something about Frank having a cat. Um, oh, Frank doesn't <laughs> right. have a phone, but he should have a cat. Uh, and these yes. people are talking murder. That's where <laughs> thank we were. You, thank you so much, Haley. You're very welcome. So Frank's like, I'm going to go to the police. Uh, but then Nagini, the giant snake, is like, wait, I'm a giant snake, and I would like to slither past you. Snake. I'm a snake. <laughs> I'm a snake. <laughs> Oh, you're too good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I listened to a YouTube recording of someone reading this book today, um, this chapter, and it was like really, really, really bad. Like the reading was bad. And I won't say who it was, obviously, but there's a lot of really excellent ones on YouTube. But this person reading pronounced it Najini. I hate that. Please. It was like they were just like reading like a foreign language they were like i definitely know the sounds to make but like i'm not sure the meaning that exists in these words it was very funny to me and yeah nagini really stuck with me all all i can think is it sounds like nagina like (laughs) i don't know what that is i don't know what a nagina would be i was waiting for you to explain to me what that was does nagini have a because it sounds like snake genitals and, and oh. it would be a cloaca. It's a magical cloaca <laughs> is what a nagina is. We all it always comes back to it cloacas. Always, it always comes it's cloacas all the way down, goddammit. <laughs> cloacas all the way down written by John Green <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> he would. I was like I was uh, contemplating putting in my notes does Peter Pettigrew have a cloaca just to be able to bring cloacas up in he doesn't episode? he doesn't but we got there in the end on yeah we got own, there organically uh, hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> cloacas do come up organically a so, lot I, this isn't even the first time I've talked about cloacas today because <laughs> Sean and I in the car <laughs> earlier were talking about well we were talking about duck penises wonderful uh uh Oh, those are also very upsetting. So Nagini and her Nagina slither into the room. Yeah, so Frank is like, this snake's gonna kill me. But Nagini's like, don't even worry about it. And like, just goes right past. But then 
Nagini like ostensibly tattletales on Frank for being in the hallway. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. And snitches get hisses. Boo. Thank you. Um, so Wormtail opens the door and is like, come on inside. And then Frank has some words for the armchair. <laughs> My notes are really stupid for this section. Um, and then Frank is like, face me like a man. And then Lord Voldemort turns around. Pulls up his helmet, reveals that it's in fact uh, Eowyn, and (laughs) 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 it was Eowyn all along. Um, It do do be Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Frank's like, uh, he doesn't like what he sees, to say the least. (laughs) Um, And then there's a flash of green light and then our boy Frank dies. Oof. Yep. Yeah, rip. Yep. Two hundred yeah. miles away, the boy called Harry Potter awoke with a start. And that's the end of the episode. Hopefully not. <laughs> no. Honestly, at the end of that chapter, I'm like, oh, God, this was a really cool story. Like, do we have to go back to Harry like already? Yeah. I know, because you know the next chapter is going to be extremely the, dull. It, it's he was he was a very unusual boy, <laughs> and for more than one reason. <laughs> Tune in next week for our thrilling coverage of that chapter. Um, oh, we're actually um, Sam O'Brien, host of um, Content and Capable, is going to be on that episode. So it'll probably be super fun anyway. He'll make it fun. I am very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Dang, I'm actually kind of surprised that we got through this chapter so quickly. I mean, we could talk a little bit about like more more in detail of what Wormtail and Voldemort were talking about with like birth okay. of Jorkins and everything. Yeah. There I did skim over most of that because really it's just like here, get ready for the rest of this book. Here's the events that are to come. Yeah. How did first of all, uh after being a rat for thirteen straight years <laughs> How does Peter Pettigrew pick up a lady? Because I feel like he didn't have game to begin with. I literally, yeah, it's that's in my notes as well. Like he, like I don't think he has a wand at this point. So yeah, so so no, he must have charmed her. Yeah, Bertha Jorkins. Yeah, Bertha Jorkins. But like how? Because he's (laughs) literally no. I'm telling you, the way that he literally was just like, "Yo, Bertha, it's me, Peter Pettigrew. You thought I was dead, but like we went to school together." Like, isn't it crazy that we're both in this place? Like, let's talk a little bit. And like, she's just like a friendly idiot, which like relatable. So like, I would, I would be like, yeah, like I knew you when we were kids. Like, let's go have dinner or whatever. She might have even forgotten that he was supposed to be dead because yeah. her memory is all fucked up from getting yeah. like memory, yeah. her memory modified yeah. so badly. Yeah, <sighs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's so rough. It's so rough. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's I a bad forgot time. about the timeline, but yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, like, seriously, so, like, having your brain messed up by a memory charm is, like, the only way that I can think of that Peter Pettigrew might possibly be able to seduce some. Yeah, how? How did, <laughs> that's all I'm asking. How did he- uh, Wait, are we assuming that he seduced her, or are we reading between the lines that he seduced her? He got a, wo- he got a woman to leave a bar with him yep. while she was on vacation. Yeah. I'm just telling you, some people are just trusting. I I would still not trust someone who looked like Peter fucking Pettigrew. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm just he is like, like really rough yeah, in the movies for yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe I'm just like seeing Timothy Spall, but like, 
I think that's the idea, though. Well, I mean, he's described, I think, in the books as being more like a more milk toast, just a very Mm -hmm. normal, like, if he wasn't a wizard and like a like a turncoat spy thing, he he would look like a mailman. I was going to say like the energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Do we know? Do we know? That doesn't matter. No, he has a name. He definitely has a name. I just don't remember what it is. It's probably something like Mark or like Michael or something. My name is Colin Robinson, and I am what's known as a psychic vampire or energy vampire. Yeah, something as forgettable, like made in a lab to be as forgettable as humanly possible. <laughs> Sorry to all of the mics that we're friends with. <laughs> all, all the many. <laughs> all 8,000 of you. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to touch on before we wrap up this chapter? I, d- I do like what you said about it being a uh, hobbity because it, it is hobbity. Yeah, just in tone. I mean, like yeah. more more dark, but... Yeah, but the beginning for sure was very hobbity. I have a note that I was contemplating just leaving out because it's so long. But like, like on the topic of Peter Pettigrew's hitherto un, like, unknown abilities, it's like I feel like a lot of people shit on Peter from like a. Him being like a lot of people seem to think that he's a really terrible wizard, but like he does have some magical prowess. Like he outsmarts and outmagic Sirius Black when he is confronted in like on the street. He's able to blow up the street and like he cuts off his finger in order to fake his own death, mm. which is like extremely cunning and. Like, the fact that he's able to blow up the street killing 12 people is, like, like with his wand behind his back, like, before Sirius is able to react, is, like, kind of impressive. He's yeah. also yeah. the person, I think, possibly with help, but I think mostly Peter Pettigrew was the person who brewed the potion that, like, allowed Voldemort to regain, like, a temporary body. The, the, like yeah, the body true. that we see in this chapter, as well as the potion mm-hmm. that got Voldemort they, they his, gives like, him his body full back. body. Yeah, I mean, like you could say if he if he's receiving instruction on that, like yeah. it doesn't count. But also, like Harry and I was a, his yeah. whole class, yeah. whenever they are in Snape's class, are receiving instruction the entire time, and they still manage to fuck up pretty <laughs> exactly d- and pretty like, frequently. And this is like some restricted like. A restricted hey. section. Uh, this is like one of those restricted section, like fucked up potions yeah. Yeah. that are really complicated. So I no, I think I think you're onto something here. And like, yeah, I mean, like you could argue that like a lot of the reason why people fuck up in Snape's class is the fact that Snape is a really terrifying person. But so is fucking Voldemort. Like Voldemort is more terrifying. So like, I feel mm-hmm. like the risk of fucking up under Voldemort's supervision is way bigger than under Snape's. Um, and also, I think I could be getting the timeline wrong, but I think the, I think Wormtail must have been the person who brewed the Apologist potion for Barty Crouch Jr., because I don't think, like, because it takes a month to make, I don't think Barty Crouch Jr. would have been, like, would have come back to Voldemort in time to brew that potion. I f- think Barty was making his own on the sly because uh, Snape does accuse Harry of stealing uh, 
Polyjuice Potion ingredients oh, yeah, again. Because yeah, yeah. he's like, I know it was you. I can't prove it, but I fucking know it was you the first time two years ago, and I know it's you now. And Harry's like, I genuinely do not know what you're talking about. This time. This time. I mean, he was, <laughs> uh, he was uh, like, transformed into Mad-Eye Moody when he got to Hogwarts. So, like, True. there must have so, been yeah. at least yeah. a, like, a, some amount of uh, Polyjuice Potion. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's also the yeah. fact that he was able, like, I mean, he was getting help, but, like, he was able to turn into a, uh, like, uh, become an Animagus at fucking 15 years old. Like, we keep hearing from, like, Sirius and, like, Voldemort that he's, like, this complete fucking dumbass. But, like, other than, like, maybe the fact that he did, like, fuck up the question on his OWL about, uh, like, werewolf uh, science, despite the fact that he is actively running around with a werewolf oh, every yeah. fucking full moon. Like, other than that, I don't think we really see, at least to me, any convincing evidence that Peter Pettigrew is that big of a dumbass. Like, he seems like he's pretty good at uh, at magic in general, and also extremely cunning. He's... I feel like... I fucking hate Peter Pettigrew. He's the absolute worst. Insert jean Ralphio the worst clip. The worst! People should be giving him more credit when it comes to, like, magical prowess. I guess he just, like, when he spends... <laughs> 12 years as a rat he just like becomes so deeply like pathetic during that time like cowardly and pathetic yeah that it like it's like whatever skill he has it's like you're still just an absolute piece yeah. of shit yeah, yeah. i think I, yeah i think i think you're right Mots. i do think that he's a lot more talented than like most people assume yeah, yeah. Um, but like uh that kind of just makes him very easy to underestimate I was just going to say that's like his whole thing is yeah. that people were underestimating him the whole time. Yeah, he's like, and also to this very day, he's like a dark side Neville Longbottom. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Like his main issue. It sounds like his main issue is honestly confidence. Well, I mean also that, but like just his, his issue like internally is yeah. like they, le- that leads him to, well, okay, I just need to find the most powerful friends possible because I suck. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, kind of sounds like it didn't need to fucking go this way, dude, but you made your for choices, sure. so yeah. have for fun sure. living as a rat and then working for <laughs> this dude. Yeah. Twelve years of it in rats, Gampan! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, great. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's wrap it on up. Um, Before we get into plugs, I would like to invite all of our beloved listeners to consider signing up for our Patreon. Oh, ow! For as little as a dollar a month, you can be part of our Discord community, which is very, very fun. And Haley and Mots and I are all there very consistently. So come chat and nerd shit with us. Um, You can also get access to our bonus episodes on our Patreon. Um... And so this month's bonus episode is going to cover My Immortal, the mysterious and legendary Harry Potter fan fiction. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. I've started reading. I've started rereading. It's a bad time. Catch Haley on that episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be really fun. Yep, it will. It will. Um, yeah, so he- head over to our Patreon to get access to that. Um, the link is in the show notes. 
Haley, would you like to tell people where they can find you on the internet? I would like to tell people where they can find me on the internet. Thank you for not letting me forget this time. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm Haley. Uh, You can hear my dulcet tones uh, on Sundays with uh, the Movie Night crew, just talking shit about uh, movies. Um, Not even talking shit. Sometimes talking shit. And then sometimes just critical analysis. Uh, But it's a lot of talking shit. Um, (laughs) And you can find me uh, on Twitter, if you must, at the to Wit. And my plug for this week, uh, I'm going to be super uncreative and plug Bo Burnham's Inside. It's on Netflix. Uh, If you choose to watch it uh, and you are a person who has ever struggled with mental health, uh, just be careful. Um, Hydrate. Uh, have tissues on hand and um, maybe like have someone that you can talk to afterwards because uh, at least one line probably more is going to rip your actual soul out but it's very well done like a dementor (laughs) I was gonna say a finishing move (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank you so much for that glowing recommendation Haley you're welcome Mott's Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram. My handle for both is mdotfur. That's M-D-O-T-F-U-R. Do you have any uh, anything you've watched or read or listened to or done recently that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, so I actually have two plugs, and I'll try to keep keep these plugs kind of brief. Mods did ask permission to bring two plugs before we recorded. <laughs> it's very respectful. Yeah, so I am, like, weirdly the thing that I'm always the most nervous about, like, when it comes to recording these, uh, like, recording podcast episodes is whenever I have to, like, actually plug something. Because I feel like I'm really bad at talking about the things that I love and, like, why I love them. Aww. So, yeah. but yeah, so that's always kind of nerve-wracking. So, of course, I had to make myself do it twice today. So, you know. <laughs> we did establish earlier that you like torturing yourself. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. But yeah. This is a safe space to just share your plugs and, like, don't even worry about it. Great. Okay, yeah. So my first plug is a book series called The Kinkiller Chronicle. Um, it's a, like... It's a hard one to describe and, like, make it sound like it's actually a compelling series. Like, if I were to describe mm-hmm. the plot to you, it would probably sound something along the lines of young boy, go- young, young boy goes to school, tries to get into a library. Like, his biggest goal for the entire first book is to get into a library, but he can't. That's more or less the entire... Oh, I respect that. Yeah, it's more or less... The entire plot of the first book. The first book is called Name of the Wind, by the way. I think the fact that, like, I think the reason why, like, one of the big reasons why I love the book so much, or the series, is the fact that it's, like, it's set in this, like, Lord of the Rings or and Game of Thrones-esque, like, magical world, but it's, like, it's such a tiny and, like, contained story that it's, like, it's a really small story so, like, you really get to know the characters in that story, and it's still, like, like so much of the world, like, on a, like, a geographic, geographical basis that's, like, unexplored, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it allows for, like, just so many potential future series, and I'm, I'm really excited. I'm so excited for book three to come out. And, um... Hell yeah. Haley and I have both read... I, well, I read The Name of the Wind, but you read both I, of them, Haley. I have, uh... 
I have a first printing of the second book so that I got signed by Patrick Rothfuss. No way. Whoa. Oh, I'm so yeah. fucking jealous. I recently discovered yeah. a, like, um, a, like, really just beautiful, like, like, cover or, like, copy of, like, of the two books. And, like, I posted pictures of those on oh, Instagram. Yeah. And they're just the prettiest things I've ever seen in my life. And they were very beautiful. And really expensive. I think getting my hands on both of the books would cost me about $500. So, yay. Oh, my God. That, that is money that I don't currently possess. Those are books that you, like, put put in a glass case out for people yeah, to, like, exactly. get, like, glaze at as they exactly. walk Exactly. I would never open those mm. ever in my life. Yeah, so my second plug is a D&D actual play series called Dimension 20. It's a, like... Like, it's a visual me Like, often when, like, people talk about, like, really great D&D series or shows, it's in, like, audio and, like, just podcast format. But, like, and, like, mm-hmm. you can listen to some of it on a podcast, but, like, the I will say by far the best experience is to watch it on... Some of it is on YouTube, um, uh, but, like, all of it, and I believe it's completely uncensored, is on... Uh, college humor's um, like uh, streaming service uh, dropout it's really great dropout is yeah like it costs money but like it's honestly so worth it but like one of the series is basically it's called fantasy high it's basically if you took every like john hughes 80s rom-com but like it was <laughs> set in a like or like everything was like fantasy like magical and it's just absolutely wonderful and delightful. Another is, it's called A Crown of Candy. It's basically Game of Thrones, but everything is made of food. So, like, the, <gasps> like, royal family is uh, made of candy, and they're, like... Oh, my which, God, like Princess Vanellope from Rick Exactly. It's, yeah, it's delightful. and like Or Princess Bubblegum. Yeah. No, it's it's Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph. Princess Bubble, Bubblegum is Adventure Time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was saying as an additional example. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Another is, like, it's a really short series, but it's called Tiny Heist. It's basically Toy Story meets Ocean's Eleven, which is, like, two oh of my, my favorite, like, movies ever. You said Tiny Heist? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that so those are much. All, those are all really cool premises. It's yeah, they're, so, that sounds so very creative. Good. And, like, one that aired... <laughs> or, like, finished recently is called, I believe, Misfits and Magic. It's basically four American teenagers attend a, like, Hogwarts-esque wizard school as, like, uh, foreign Mm -hmm. exchange students. And it's, like, uh, like, it takes place in a world in which the Harry Potter series exists. (laughs) And it's just the best people ever. And, yeah, I highly recommend it. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. So I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Christina the Con. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Con. I also have another Twitter called Books Out of Context, um, where I post lines from books out of context. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I started that while I was reading Percy Jackson because there's a lot of really good <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good ones. Um, uh, what, where was it? You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. Well, special stash. Um, <laughs> 
And this week, I would like to recommend a graphic novel that I read over the summer called Bloom, written by Kevin Panetta and illustrated by Savannah Gano Show. Gano Show. Gano Show. Um, crushed it. Uh, it's like a very cute little graphic novel about two boys who fall in love in a bakery. <laughs> um, really it's just cute. it's just like a really wholesome YA <laughs> romance. Like I love it so much. It's so like sweet and mellow. Um, so buy it from your local bookstore, maybe. And um, our local bookstore here is Fountain Bookstore, and I think you can order fr- like or- order through the mail from them if you would like to support our beloved local bookstore. Haley, thank you so much for being here with me today on this very first episode of The Goblet of Fire. Happy to be here. Yeah, and Mott, thank you for joining us. It is a pleasure, as always, when you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time, and I'm having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that I will not be able to join you for another chapter for about a book and a half. So... <laughs> Um, uh, well, you were on like uh, two episodes ago, so I'm sure we'll find a way to make it happen. I cannot wait. And as a reminder, if you haven't watched Puffs and listened to our summer episode that covered Puffs, you absolutely should. That's my other plug, my follow-up yeah. plug. Yeah, I, I'll second that plug. I'll second that follow-up time. plug. <laughs> yeah. All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Gardening for Muggles before this book spontaneously combusts. <laughs> Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is stoked to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring some excellent other podcasts such as Fandom's Gone Wrong, a podcast where Carrie and Charlie, a mother and kid duo, talk about movies, TV shows, and books they both love, and it will probably devolve into friendly arguments. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you. We've got pop culture, swearing, and all the immature jokes you could ask for. We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies, books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And this is Fandoms Gone Wrong. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. It was not destined by the gods. You tricked me. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.